Grand Canyon University, a Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering over 200 engaging programs online. GCU invests in high demand areas such as nursing, teaching, and the sciences. Students engage with faculty who become partners in your success. GCU's online students received over $100 million in scholarships in 2020. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you qualify for. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, I've come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already burning and blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. A father will be divided against his son, a son against his father, a mother against a daughter, and a daughter against her mother, and a mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, get it straight. Right from the beginning, Jesus is not a troublemaker, and he's not encouraging family dissent, okay? So that stuff about daughter-in-laws and mother-in-laws and father-in-laws, no, don't, that doesn't apply. He's, li- he's lying, actually. No, 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 he's not lying. But, so don't go home and say, oh, God said I should hate my daughter-in-law, which I already do. You shouldn't anyway. But, so I'm going to be God's emissary into the family. No, no, no. There's a reason for the passion of Jesus today in this, this section of the gospel. We'll talk about that as we, as we develop our thoughts. But the passion of Jesus is our focus today. You know, you like to see Jesus, you know, with the lambs and the washing people's feet and being nice to everybody. Not so. That's not Jesus. That's your and my idea of Jesus. But if you get into the heart of the scripture, you find out the whole Jesus. That's why we don't have one gospel. We have four evangelists, and they gave four different evangelical good news messages. That's, that's what you can say. It's not a biography of Jesus. We have no biography of Jesus. We can put it together and figure out certain things, but there's no biography of Jesus, and there's no picture of Jesus fully representing the four Gospels that he was a passive kind of guy. Even as I look back here, at a glance of the corner of my eye, one of the stained glass windows here shows Jesus on the donkey. Remember going into Jerusalem? Oh, how humble. Not so much. Don't get affiliated with that stuff. He wasn't humble on that donkey. He was on that donkey because in the scriptures, the donkey was going to be the person or the thing that carried the Messiah into the new world, into the kingdom. So he, Jesus knew what he was doing, getting on a donkey. It wasn't a horse, it wasn't a camel, the donkey. The, the, a humble animal, you might say, carrying a lofty Lord. But that's, we got off the track only because that window's so attractive. Okay, so let's get into the Old Testament 
And we hear Jeremiah, but over to Jeremiah, I mean, he got thrown down a well, you know? Jeremiah was a prophet. I would sound like a song. What was that song? Most of us, the, millenni the millennials don't know it. Jeremiah was a bullfrog, but he wasn't a bullfrog. <laughs> Jeremiah was a prophet. What happened? What is a prophet? A prophet is someone who's not officially hired by the synagogue or the temple. He's not officially hired by the king. This is, we're talking about the times of Israelites in, in the Holy Land. A prophet authentically is someone, and there were schools of prophets, and, and I go like this, circles of prophets. There were groups of prophets, and their job was to bring people back to the authentic word of God to look to the scriptures, and they, they were scrolls, as we know, in the temple, to go there and look at the word of God and reform, change. So when a prophet came up in popularity, it was usually because they were having a problem, a religious problem in the temple or in the, in the implication of the word of the temple. Now, there were some prophets that were hired by the king. Okay, so now just think, this critic of society, don't forget, the Jewish society is religious and sociological, so it's one. So they would hire a prophet that they knew would agree with them. Politicians still do that. And those prophets would give out the word translated from the perspective of the, the local priest or the local king and give it back to the people. And because their prophets were holy, people would say, oh, oh, that's what God wants. Okay. Outside of that group, there was always a band of prophets. Um, they, would, they would, if you know the history of the prophecies, they would um, have their own style of prayer, their own style of ecstasy, their own style of interpretation. They were like, they were like um, real critics, like, like not nomads, but real critics of society that everybody feared and respected because they told the truth. Bingo. Okay. Jeremiah was one of those guys. As a matter of fact, I'll give you an example of what he did. When the people of Israel were conquered by Nebuchadnezzar and, 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 the, and they were drawn out of the city and they were punished, Jeremiah said, told you so, you're going to hell because you did bad things and you destroyed the temple and you didn't respect the scriptures. Told you so. So this punishment is due. Now, that's tough. Let's pray for the prophets and the prophets of the Old Testament because we have Jesus, the great prophet of, of the New Testament, and he doesn't teach like that. You, you have some wacko preachers today, not me, we have some wacko preachers today who, who look at certain disasters in the world, whether it's a flood, whether it's a disease, whether it's, it's something else that's a disaster, and they say, see, God is punishing you. God doesn't work like that any longer because of him, Jesus Christ. So God doesn't look at you and say, oh, you, you, you did something wrong, you're going to hell. Uh, you, you, uh, you, you got a disease, that's because you, you've been a bad boy, a bad girl. That's not what Jesus reveals. Because that covenant was different than the covenant we have with Jesus. Jesus comes to fulfill the covenant, the, the agreement we have with God. And through his teachings, we know what those stipulations are. Love, charity, forgiveness. Being, being one with your neighbor. 
That's the stipulations. There are more, of course, you know that, but it's always summarizing that word love. Love of your neighbor as yourself and love of God as yourself. That's the stipulation. That's the, the law. Okay, so Jeremiah was a troublemaker, but a good troublemaker, and he was punished for that. Some people on his side helped they contacted the king, please, he's going to die down there. They got him out. He was, he, essentially, he was killed, but, but he was punished more than once by society who didn't like him pointing out the truth. That's tough. He's telling the truth, and people don't like it. They punish the, you know, they say, they punish the, the messenger and not the message. That's what they often did with many of the prophets, not just Jeremiah. He's the one we focus on today. Now, Jesus knows that. So now we go to the Gospel of Jesus. And you can just see, this is a segment. It's only one little phrase, one little uh, paragraph. And Jesus is preaching. <clears throat> and who knows what was there before? Who knows what the conversation was? And who knows that people are starting to make nice, you know? Make nice. Make nice with everybody. You know, there's a... There's a there's a, a sitcom that says, oh yeah, let's, let's all hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Not, that's not going to heal the wounds of society. Work and putting yourself out there heals the wounds of society with our Christian faith. Being nice doesn't do it, doesn't hack it. It's good to be good. It's good to be nice. It's better than being a pain in the, the neck. But, sorry, <laughs> my jersey almost came out, but I'm, 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 I'm holding it back. So, it's, it's, it's not good to be nice if nice means not looking at what I don't want to see. And I love coming here because you guys are very evidently involved with charity. Off to my right, there's a basket of food. And, and behind there, there's a basket of food. And they're going to the local DePaul Society. I know that. I don't want to see that in church. I don't want to see baskets of food and, and, and staples and popcorn and candy. I don't want to see that in church. So I ignore it. I, I, I go away. I don't want to see that. Why? why, why? Because that represents there's, there's poverty in our community. We have no poverty in our community, so let's hide that. That's artificial and hypocrisy. That represents tip of the iceberg. When we do charity... We're doing charity because there's a need. And Jesus reminded us, if that's for me, I'm not here. And Jesus reminded us that we'll always have poverty with us because we need to do something about poverty. We'll never completely eliminate it, I guess, until he returns in glory. But in the meantime, get off your rear end and work on it, removing poverty, removing prejudice, removing hate. Now, who knows what the conversation was before Jesus is quoted in this section of the gospel today. They would probably say, oh, let's get along with everybody. Let's ignore the, the lepers. Let's ignore the prostitutes. Um, you know, let's build a wall. Or let's, let's ignore them. Let's put them in their own society. Let them be the, those kinds of people. Sound familiar in our society? To ignore and, and do away with those things that are offensive to our eyes and our sensitivities to ignore poverty, to ignore immigration, to ignore hunger, to ignore disease, to ignore AIDS. Is it, that, that's, it's easier to do that, to ignore it all. But Jesus says, I come to light a fire under your feet. I don't want that nonsense. Don't give me 
ignore the poor because then they'll go away. Ignore disease because then somebody else will take care of it. No, I'm here to light a fire. And if you want to follow me, Jesus is saying today, I'm going to even split up your families. Because if a member of your family doesn't choose to follow charity, love, patience, understanding, fervor, if you choose not to, then you better split from that family because they're bringing you down. Is he, advo is he advocating <clears throat> separating families? No, of course not. Is he advocating hating your sister, your mother, your father? No, of course not. This is Jesus. We know who he is. We know who he, he wants us to be as well. He wants us to be authentic people. But don't be hypocrites, he's telling us. Don't say one thing in church and do something else outside. Then you're hypocrites and you can all go to hell, I think Jesus would say. Maybe I would too, but that's Jesus would say. He didn't say it, but he's close to it. So he's here to light a fire under us, to set the world on fire with the passion of love. Jeremiah was passionately in love with God's word. And where did it get him? Down the hole. Jesus Christ was passionately in love with God's word. Where did that get him? On the cross. But God knew that. He knew what his son would do. He knew his son would give his whole self. At the Eucharist, the night before he died, he gave us his self sacramentally. So when we come up to the Eucharist, we are receiving the connection of God and us in the covenant. But on the cross, his father knew, you did, you, you did me proud, son. You made me proud. You gave your entire life for the message of peace and reconciliation and charity. You gave your entire life, and at the end of his life, he bows his head and said, into your hands I commend my spirit. And God the Father takes Jesus and says, because of this kid, because of this son of mine, resurrection will happen in this world. I will give you him back alive. On the third day, he comes back to us to authenticate everything he said, to say to us, basically, all those things that I said that are recorded in the Gospels, and there are Gospels that are not included here, they call them Apocrypha Gospels, oh, usually well-meaning, but they weren't authentic. Remember all the things I said and did in the Gospels? Do them. That's why I died, and that's why the Father brought me back to eternal life. Not going to be easy, folks. It's not easy now. It wasn't easy for Jesus. It won't be easy for our ancestors. But this is why we're here today. To leave here inflamed with God's word. To leave here saying, you know, <laughs> people, you know, it's funny. People sometimes say to me, probably not in reference to today, but people sometimes say, oh, that was a nice homily you gave and, and, and uh, it spoke to me. And I always say, don't thank me, thank the Holy Spirit. Because when I say what you don't like, you can blame the Holy Spirit. And today's probably one of those days. You know, we don't want to hear this. I want to come to church and be nice, light a candle, put a flower, go out, ignore the poor, ignore the hungry, ignore disease, ignore political corruption. I want to ignore all that. Well, that ain't, that ain't Christianity. Because he didn't ignore any of it. Just by coincidence, just realize who we hung out with. Not hung out on, on a 24-7 level, but he went to the poor, he went to the lepers, he went to the prostitutes, he went to the, the hungry. 
You, you see, he hung out there in the, in the earth of society. He didn't hang out here with the nonchalance and non-caring sophisticated of society. No, he was there because his father made society. His father created us in his own image. Jesus knew that. And he goes to those of us who are most in need. The rest of us who don't have maybe extraordinary physical needs will then roll up your sleeves. It's up to us to empty our pockets, empty our cupboards, give to the poor, and do more than that as much as we can. Let's take it right into your own home, our own homes. Jesus went into the homes and talked about families, and we'll all do that too with him, with him authenticating what I'm saying. Don't be charitable outside and be an animal at home to your, your father and mother, your sister and brother. Don't be charitable outside and do wonderful things and go to church and pray and be a phony and, and, and heretic inside your house. That's not Jesus. That's your religion. It ain't Jesus' religion. Jesus stood for what he stood, and he died for what he believed, and so did Jeremiah die for what he believed, and some of the great prophets died for what they believed. That's all I'm asking. To be on fire with the power of his love in our hearts and the discerning gift of the Holy Spirit to say to each one of us each day, help me see God's will in my life correctly and light me on fire to do his holy will. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque.